This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com slash podcast or wherever you listen. Everybody wants something to complain to. And I always said, like, all I wanted to do was come home and bitch about my boss. And there they were on the pillow beside me. (laughs) And you have nobody to complain to. And let's face it, like every boss any of us has ever had has annoyed us. Welcome to How To. I'm Amanda Ripley. Whenever the power balance changes in a relationship, weird things can happen. Say one partner starts making more money or somebody decides to stay home with the kids. Before you know it, oh so subtly, the dynamics can shift. Now imagine that your partner becomes your boss. That's what happened to this week's listener and it's thrown everything out of whack. I married an amazing guy that I met at work. We've been married about 15 years. We were Team Bethany Travis, so two sides of a coin. Everything we did, we did together. We've worked at three separate places together, and it's been amazing. Bethany, which is not her real name, is an instructor at a small Midwestern community college. For more than a decade, she and her husband, who we're calling Travis, have worked alongside each other as equals. So I would see him for lunch, and we'd have a date, and then we'd go back to our separate places, and then we would see each other at home. It was like having my best friend at work, and I loved it. But then something happened. A good thing, by most accounts. He was promoted, and I was so proud and excited for him. In my mind, nothing would really change for me. Nothing would change in our relationship. It would just be he had this different job in a new building, and he'd make more money, and it seemed like a great idea. But I'm starting to realize that this does affect me, and this does affect our relationship, And it's been really strange to transition from a team to going to work and I'm a subordinate. Uh, That word subordinate is really Mm -hmm. a killer. Yeah. (laughs) It's really a killer. Kills all the romance. It does. Just instantly, right? Right. (laughs) Bethany doesn't directly report to Travis, but that's because he's actually her boss's boss. And so now if I miss a day of work, I have to email him the paperwork. If I'm going to be out of my office, then he's the one that gets notified that my faculty evaluations go to him. It's really gotten more interconnected in Mm. ways I did not expect. Right. Like it really makes the power dynamics a little funky, it sounds like. Uh, One thing that he does really well that I struggle with is he's very empathetic and kind. And I'm like a spicier person who's not always as kind as I should be. And so he'll have a problem or he'll come up with an idea and then I'll say, okay, here are the problems I see. And we actually had a huge fight over that once because he wanted to talk to his wife, but I approached Mm -hmm. it as his, you know, his employee talking to the Mm -hmm. boss. Here are the problems that I have. This isn't workable. And so things changed. That sort of made a weird tweak in your personal Mm -hmm. life. How about outside? How have other colleagues been treating you since this change? So I expected that 
things would continue to be very separate and they would just see me as the same colleague they've had for 10 years. But that's not what happened. So now I feel like people are dealing with me with kid gloves. I feel like people talk to me differently and they're more guarded around me because they don't want whatever they say to get back to the boss potentially because they're answering to him too. We had to do some layoffs because our attendance declined because of COVID. And that was super tense because he was involved in those discussions. I don't know if you've ever seen Jane the Virgin, but there's a scene in that show when she's dating the guy that owns the hotel where she's a waitress and they have to do Mm -hmm. layoffs. And her friends are all like, you're not going to get laid off. It just seems like maybe you're not in a big rush to find out if we're getting fired because obviously you're not getting fired. And she said, well, probably not because I work very hard. I'm not taking a day off. I'm always here. I'm dependable. I've taken three sick days in four years and I've been twice voted employee of the month. And they were like, no, that's not it. You keep telling yourself that. It's different when you are with the boss. It erases what you've actually done. Is that Yes, erased is such a good word for it. It's like everything I've worked hard for, it suddenly is in someone else's shadow. On today's show, we're bringing in someone who worked with and for her husband while building a multi-million dollar wedding and lifestyle company and managing to keep their marriage intact. I'm Carly Roney, and I am the co-founder of a company called The Knot, which I founded with my husband, um, and we ran for 20 years together. Carly, is that The Knot Weddings, the website? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. I use The Knot, so that's super exciting to meet you. Well, Bethany and I are clearly soul sisters because I'm a little (laughs) spicy too. Um, (laughs) And I, I do think that a tremendous amount of restraint is needed to navigate this moment in your relationship and marriage. We struggled for a very long time to learn how to stop talking about work at home. Whether or not you're working with your spouse right now, Carly has some smart advice for managing any power imbalance in your relationship and making sure you aren't erased in the process. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs? The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast, or find it wherever you listen. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49% based on creditworthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at applecard.com. 
Carly, I'm curious, what are you thinking as you listen to Bethany's story so far? Oh my God, my heart is pounding. My blood pressure is rising. I'm getting like PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Bethany, I feel you. I hear you. I see you. I too found that this like restructuring of the power from partners to being a subordinate, and I think that was such a good word because it really encapsulates the whole thing. And so I, I hear the, the anxiety that it's causing for you and definitely went through it. I mean, got out the other side. So I can assure you that right at the start of this, <laughs> there is another side, but it's a journey to get there. Carly and her husband, David Liu, dove right into their journey. They started dating and got married six months later. Just six months after that, they started a business together. Now, if you've ever been married or known someone who has, you've probably heard of the wedding website, The Knot. I managed all the content and creative side of things. David managed the finance and technology. Um, Our partners managed advertising or different areas of the business. Uh, But as the business grew, it became just very clear that we needed a traditional hierarchical structure. So it was decided that David would take the top spot. David was going to be a fantastic CEO. He was the right person for the job. So his job became very stressful very quickly. um, And I felt like it just destabilized everything. And I wanted to support him, but I also like didn't appreciate the additional stress it put on me. And I constantly felt like I was kind of like gaslighting myself. Like you should Mm -hmm. do better. This shouldn't be a problem for you. But I, I don't think it helps. Sometimes I feel like an alien, but that really helps. Well, you're not crazy. I think that that's an important thing. I often thought like, it's me. I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm the crazy one. Why can't I just like settle with this? This is just a normal organizational structure. So first of all, I would say like, stop gaslighting yourself. It's really awkward. You are absolutely right. It's awkward. It's changed a lot of things in your life and power changes. That's actually our first takeaway. It's okay to struggle with a new power imbalance in a relationship. It is awkward and disorienting, especially if you really value equality in your relationship, like Bethany and Carly and probably most of us. It can also help to remember you aren't the only person in your relationship navigating this change. I know you Hmm. noted, Bethany, that you felt like people were treating you differently. Your husband probably feels the same, that people are watching him carefully. And that's something you could actually bond over and say, wow, look at this situation that's happening. How do you see it happening on your side? Here's how it's happening on my side. And try to sort of make it that neither of you are doing anything wrong. It's just the awkwardness of the situation. So I connected to so much of what Carly has mentioned. So for example, last night I came home and I was like, oh, I was looking at my spring schedule and I really wanted to teach this class. And he he said, I can't, I can't change that. I have to be so careful. And I had to say, I'm not talking to the dean right now. I just wanted to, to let you know how I felt. So we have run into that. Or he's had to cut some of my classes for low enrollment. And he'll come home and say, now, listen, I, I have to do it. I would do this if it were anybody else. Your section is low. It's got to get cut. I do think that he is very aware that people are watching him and that he can't be seeing his playing favorites. So he's struggling, too. I, I guess I hadn't thought about that. Hmm. I bet you wanted to wear a T-shirt 
when you're walking around that said, my classes got cut too. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. This is where I think it's important to keep letting things go and not make them personal. Like really keep the mantra to tell yourself is none of this is personal. Mm. It's just professional. And the the home is really that dangerous area. You have to draw a very clear line and either say, as you, as you were indicating, like, I need a husband right now. Let me know if you think you can be that. Otherwise, I'm going to go find a friend mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk to and to really just realize that that empathetic ear can't be there a good portion of the time. Hmm. So did you, Carly, did you have a, like a clear line? Like we don't talk about work at home. Is that where you ended up? It, it took us about 10 years. Yeah. Um, mostly because we, it was so heated. It was so stressful. Every day was filled with intense drama. And we looked at each other at one point and looked at our kids who were like deers caught in headlights as we we're like fighting at the table about <laughs> something. <laughs> And thought like, wow, this is just simply not worth it. What are we doing? Hmm. We turned to ourselves and said, wait, we keep acting like the business is the most important thing, but I think our relationship has to be the most important thing. I I always say that actually it's a really good thing that our business is about weddings because divorce really wouldn't be good for business. (laughs) Optics are not great. (laughs) I was like, this would really be bad for business. So we should figure out how to work this out. Here's our second takeaway. You and your partner need to explicitly agree to prioritize your relationship over your work. That's the foundation for everything else. And also make it explicit when you want your spouse to listen as, well, your spouse and not your coworker. Or when you do want to talk shop. Don't let these things go unsaid. Bethany, what do you think about this? Could you have this conversation with your husband or have you had this conversation? We haven't had it. I... You know, Carly, you mentioned we thought we were smart enough that we wouldn't have a problem here, that we've already been through a lot of things and we're well-equipped. That's kind of where we are, and we're realizing that the situation is bigger than us. So he'll come home and say, you know, I've had all these meetings today. I'm exhausted. And I'll come home, and I'm also exhausted because I've had, you know, I have all this grading, and I stayed up the night before. And then somebody has to help the kids with their homework and take out the dogs and make dinner and clean up. And so it becomes who is, who's going to crack first and who gets to rest because they're exhausted? Let me guess. Like whose job is more important? (laughs) I think this is another area where the gender roles come into play. I know that I experienced a lot of resentment. I'm sorry, David, how resentful I was, if you're listening. I just, I I did feel like it was all my responsibility, every single thing at home, in addition to everything I was doing at work. And I didn't feel like I was necessarily seen for all of it. So if you all begin the conversation recognizing that the job is nearly impossible, let's figure out how to divide it up as best we can so that we can really be able to like appreciate each other's contributions. And let's recognize that everybody does need a moment where they can relax. And I really found it was important to make sure that I booked time that I just wasn't at home. Right, that I would make a point, and I think it's good if everybody does it, like everyone has a day that they are out of the house so that nobody can be leering at them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) wishing they were helping more. 
I'm concerned that it has created distance. The closer we are professionally, the more distance sometimes there is personally. And that's what I don't want. Mm. You know, before he would assert his opinion very confidently. And I'd say, well, I don't work for you. You're not my boss. But now he like, literally <laughs> is. So I can't use that line anymore. Maybe I need a new line. But I, it's really important to me that we are, that we remain equal co-parents and that, you know, there's some sort of a division between I don't have to comply at home because right. the the roles are different. The expectations are different. Subordination ends at the door. Yes, that's <laughs> yes. such a good way to say it. Yeah, it's funny what you said, Carly, about getting tactical. Mm -hmm. And I want to get back to a couple of things you mentioned. But one of them that um, I used to be embarrassed about, but I'm not anymore. So I'm just going to share it right here, which is my husband and I created a spreadsheet, which we call the <laughs> Chorganizer. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And we yep. have to revisit it every few years. Things get out of out of whack. Mm -hmm. And so when we would feel a lot of friction around who's doing what, when we would be like, it's time to organize. We make cocktails and sit down. Sometimes we had to get a babysitter and actually do this, which is really dreadful. Um, but it's <laughs> the only way we get it done. And sometimes we would find that he was doing more. And sometimes we would find that I was doing more. And it was always like a nice, seemingly objective exercise to get us out of the like round and round, um, you know, passive aggressive <laughs> commentary at dinner and just kind of put it on paper. I love organizing. We often recommended couples on the knot and the nest to do that from the very beginning of their relationship, because believe me, everyone's mm. keeping a scorecard. Uh, the only thing <laughs> I would add to Amanda's advice, though, is that you definitely want to have sex first because <laughs> it, will, <laughs> it will get you more points uh, for each of your chores. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's going to um, love that advice. Yeah, ex yeah exactly. Extra hour of babysitting maybe <laughs> worth it. Um. <laughs> the only other thing I could add, sorry, I had just like a flash of advice yeah, is that to compartmentalize the discussion to say like, maybe we should have a monthly check-in where we can just mm -hmm. sort of go back to this and say, how do we think we're doing? So that it's seen as like a project that will be ongoing, but that you also aren't in a constant state of trying to fix it. That's smart. Oh, that's that's smart. And it's it's sort of funny, right? Because that's what you would do at work. Yeah. You would have a check. Like a, a weekly or, or monthly meeting. Okay. Whether you adopt my beloved organizer or not, though I totally think you should, create a system for you and your partner to be accountable to one another. Split up responsibilities and check in periodically to make sure the workload is balanced. That way you'll avoid a lot of resentment. When we come back, we're going to tackle just about the worst question a boss can get. Are you willing to fire your spouse? Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. 
Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. If you rely on how-to, the best way to support this show is by joining Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Signing up for Slate Plus helps us help all the people you hear on our podcast every week. It's only $1 for the first month, and members will never hear another ad on our podcast or any other Slate podcast. You'll also get free and total access to Slate's website. Plus, you'll be supporting our important work. So I hope you'll join if you can. Again, it's just $1 for your first month. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash howto plus. Again, that's slate.com slash howto plus. Thanks. We're back with Bethany and our expert Carly Roney. When Carly and her husband David decided to go into business together, they had a big secret. They didn't wear wedding rings and they kept it pretty quiet that they were married. Because we were like, we do not want to be seen as a mom and pop. It's like one of the most risky things to invest in for obvious reasons is a husband and wife team. And I actually remember I had like a newborn, like breastfeeding at the moment. And David was on this conference call with the, in, the future potential investors. And I saw his face drop and heard him start to explain that the two of us were actually married as well. And it gave them significant pause. Hmm. It was a hmm. very complicated thing. They were like, we have to get back to you, basically. Yeah. Um, and then they proceeded to take us through this grilling process, which included the question, it, it literally asked David, um, since you are in the role of CEO, would you be willing to fire Carly? <gasps> oh, my God. And I, of course, at this retelling, I'm like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> And he said, of course. And I said, of oh, course you should have. No. <laughs> because, you know, oh, at that man. moment, we're both, you know, trying to, we want the business to succeed. And I was like, good, I'm glad you said that. But you oh. wouldn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bethany, has, has that question ever come up with Travis? No, I, I don't know if it has. As far as you know? Yeah, maybe it has. I don't know. Uh, Bethany, we've brought tough. you here to break the news. <laughs> <gasps> ay, ay, ay. But I mean, it could. It's not out of the question that that could become an issue. So I just hadn't thought that far in advance yet. Ah, oh, mm, there's a lot I yeah. hadn't thought of yet. Before my husband was promoted, I guess I didn't think about him much. And my work identity was really personal to me. And I took a lot of pride in it and worked hard on it. But now it feels like part of my identity in this job is a wife, uh, the boss's mm -hmm. wife, and it's almost like a new role for me that I didn't see coming. So how do you negotiate people's expectations of you as a wife? And how do you not let that just get inside your head? That's a really good question. 
I had worked so hard to have an equitable relationship to choose a partner who believed in equity. I lived my whole life that way that I thought everything should be equal, that I suddenly had to be in this role that, yes, reflected on me. There's just something feels almost a little like dirty about having to be the wife to somebody in power. That really bothers me. Yes. And I think that that's because of where we are. We have fought so hard for our independence as women and in our careers. And it just messes it up. Mm-hmm. We're all that you say. You are very, your career is very important to you. You've worked very hard for it. It's a very separate piece of your identity. I do think it's important to tell yourself no one can take that away from you. I am my own entity. I do not need to overcompensate to show that to my peers, because that's always a temptation, right? Like to Mm -hmm. throw the boss under the bus, just so everyone knows you're your own independent thinker. (laughs) Um, Resist Mm -hmm. that temptation, as I wish I had at all times. Um, (laughs) There are also um, ebbs and flows to who's on top, for for lack of a better um, way Mm -hmm. to talk about it, that Sometimes we do need to have someone feel more important for a period of time because their life depends on it in that moment. Here's our next takeaway. Keep reminding yourself that you've earned your career on your own and no one can take that away from you. And when that fails, remember that this arrangement won't last forever. Who knows, one day you might be his boss. Until then, don't let other people get between you. One thing that's changed is that sometimes people in the community see me as a conduit now. So when Mm. there is an issue, I'll have someone come, like a friend, come to me and say, hey, tell Travis this or make sure he knows this or he should bring this to the board. And that's a really strange place to be in that I didn't expect. Right, right, right. It's like a, kind of like you became first lady or something. Yeah, <laughs> it feels that way a little bit. I, I don't know. All I don't... of a sudden, everything you do is through the lens of... Yes, um, that's probably a crap job, too. I mean, it's just... Oh, my God. Yeah. Really, really, I always feel bad for the first oh, lady. Me, too. <laughs> um, so do you have a comeback? Like, what do you say when people say, you got to tell Travis about this? Right. No, I don't have a comeback. I need a comeback. Carly, do you have any ideas? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Did this happen to you? Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine all the lobbying and, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I mean, the constant back channeling? Everybody does it. It is, uh, I, I would just say, oh, I have no sway with David. You know that. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, I'd say like, oh, and I would just say like, oh, I think you should come up with the exact same thing. Like, oh, you got to talk to Travis. We have a no work talk at home strategy. Oh, that's good. Um, mm-hmm. You should make an appointment with him. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's great. It is tempting, though, right, to bond with your coworkers to restore that connection at your husband's expense. I mean, Carly said earlier that there was this temptation to throw the boss under the bus. Did that ever? Did you ever give into that temptation? And what was the effect of that? Well, good thing I'm telling the story and David isn't. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was. We're calling him. That's right. No, (laughs) No, I I couldn't help myself. Now I have to be a jerk here and ask, can you tell us the story of throwing him under the bus or does that not feel right? Honestly, Amanda, there are probably too many to recount. I just, (laughs) 
you know, just people exactly as Bethany's talking about, just engaging in the conversation, mm. like by the water cooler. People always, they could tell. I also, to be honest, I was terrible about, wow, I really feel like I'm getting all my confessions out today. <laughs> I was terrible. I would start differing in a very appropriate executive leadership team way. And then if I didn't get the answer I wanted... I would push a little harder. I would I would take a little bit more, you know, time. I would be angry later if I didn't feel like I was heard. And then I would lobby other people to like do my talking for me. I mean, like obviously I was a functioning executive as well. Like I wasn't just crazy, but I look at the times and I'm like, I really all felt very life and death. And that's sort of what I'm saying to Bethany, like go do a great job at your job. That is the most important thing. The politicking, people will keep trying to involve you in. You will be drawn to involve yourself in. But you actually, even though you are in a structure where you report up to him, your job and the work you're doing is very separate and independent. You can be successful at it without his involvement. I really like the strategy that Carly mentioned of making a joke about it and just kind of deflecting with humor. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think if I anticipate it ahead of time, that's doable. And I think that once people start to get the idea that you aren't going to engage, then maybe yeah. you have to deal with it less. That's our next takeaway. Preserve your independence in the workplace. People may try to see you as an avenue to your spouse or even a source of gossip. Remember, you don't owe anyone anything. Just shut down this line of inquiry before it starts by laughing it off with a quick, rehearsed comeback. I'm curious, Bethany, has there been anything positive yet about this new dynamic? And it's okay to say no. I don't know. It's still pretty new. I Yeah. But I will say working for the same mission is really rewarding and fun. It feels like we're coaching the same team, which I like. Tell me about that mission. We are in a community that has high poverty rates and low college admission rates, low educational attainment. So there's just so much opportunity for people who really are willing to do the work to make a big difference, to just change people's lives. And it feels like we get to do that together. First with our family, you know, raising these kids, and then we get to go to work and do it for a bigger family. And that part's really amazing. That's nice. And I wonder if that's important to keep even reminding other people of. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, it is, it's weird to have him in this new job, but I also am grateful that, mm. you know, we're part of something that I really, that really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so beautiful and powerful, actually, that you guys are both on this ride and investing in something so important together that you met there. It's a key part of and of your relationship. And that that's also can be part of the goal of keeping it really positive. And I think, Bethany, some advice on that is make sure that you have an opportunity when everything is very low risk and to talk, right? Before someone says something unfortunate (laughs) in an argument and before things just get too tense that you can do it without criticizing each other and you can just sit and say, wow, we really should just sit down and talk about, it must be really hard for you. 
I, you know, to put everything on the table and make sure that we're conscious together because our mission is so important to us, our family is so important to us, work on this challenge together and think of it as the challenge is the, the enemy, mm-hmm. <laughs> not either of you or the job or anything like that. It's just that the challenge is a unique challenge. Yes. Everybody's under a tremendous amount of stress. And I do think, I hadn't thought about that, but I'm sure that's a factor But if we can just get past it, I think we really will have learned a lot. I just want to thank you both. This has been so helpful. Thank you, Bethany, for letting me use my struggle and trauma to to some good in the world. Uh, I really wish you luck. Thank you, Bethany, for sharing your story with us and to Carly for all of her wise advice. And by the way, we did get an update from Bethany. Carly was the perfect person to coach me through the new power dynamics in my relationship. Immediately after work, my husband and I took a walk and talked through everything Carly, Amanda, and I discussed. When I acknowledged how hard recent changes must be for him, I could just see him melt with relief. And now we both feel more peace and clarity about our relationship, and we're optimistic for the road ahead. I went into this experience with a tangled web of concerns, expecting suggestions for how to change my behavior. But what I really needed was to see the situation in a new way. Being on how-to was not what I expected, but exactly what I needed. Thank you so much, Bethany. We are very glad to hear that. Good luck and keep in touch. And as for everyone else, do you have a problem that you need to wrap your arms around? Send us a note at howto at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And we might have you on the show. If you like what you heard today, please give us a rating and a review and tell a friend. That helps us help more people. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rosemary Belson produces the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Special thanks to Amber Smith. Charles Duhigg created the show. I'm Amanda Ripley. Thanks for listening.